Oh boy. That walk-up music makes me feel like a boxer or something. I'm like, oh, oh, ah. All right, so, hello everyone, my name is That was part of the sermon. So my name is Trevor. I will be giving an extended introduction today because it's part of the rest of the sermon. So my name is Trevor. I have a white mom, a half-black, half-Puerto Rican dad. When it comes to food, I'm American, but my favorite food is tacos and sushi and In-N-Out burgers, so that's American. In preschool, my best friend was black. In elementary school, my best friend was Korean. In high school, my best friend was white. And now, my best friend is a woman. <laughs> Shout out to my wife, Krista. She's sitting right there. I have a half-black, half-white, half-brother from a different dad. Two other half-black, half-white, half-brothers from a different mom. And I have two half-white, half-Puerto Rican step-siblings from my stepdad. I've gone to Asian churches basically my whole life, but my white uncle was the pastor there. And today's sermon is on diversity. Yeah, yeah. So we were looking through the list of sermons, and Pastor Sam was like, who's going to do the diversity sermon? Oh, I know, the mixed guy will do it. No, I, I'm totally kidding. I, I chose to do this sermon. I chose this one, and it's because diversity is a really important theme in my life, and it's a super important theme in the New Testament. Now, the main theme of the New Testament, as you may know, is the death and resurrection of Jesus for our sins. That's the main theme, but diversity is attached to that main theme because the gospel is for everyone, and if God accepts everyone, then we should accept everyone too. That is the main point of today's sermon. All right, so let's uh, get the praise band back up here. All right, just kidding. The gospel is for everyone. God accepts everyone, and so we should accept everyone too. Now, the only requirement God has is belief and repentance. He doesn't have a requirement that you look like me. He doesn't have a requirement that you speak in the same language as me. Actually, you don't have to be the same age as me to be accepted by God. You don't have to, what else, have the same culture. Do you like the same food as me? It doesn't matter. The only requirement is faith and belief. And that is what gets you acceptance from God, and that's what gets you acceptance from me and from other Christians too. So the gospel is for everyone. God accepts everyone, and so should we. Now, before I get into the meat of it, I just want to define some terms. We're going to be talking about some things today. The first term I want to define is the term Jew. So Jews are just an ethnic people group, just like everybody else. You know, you got the Jews and the Mexicans, and you got the, you know, the people from Ghana, the Ghanians, and you got, you know, the Koreans, and you got all these types of people. But Jews are unique because, as we learn in the Old Testament, God chose the Jews out of all those people groups to be God's special possession. Not because God was racist. He wasn't like, oh, I don't know about these Mexicans or Koreans, but these Jews, these guys, got it. No, no, It wasn't because of that. Rather, God wanted a people who could be his special people so that they could be a light to the rest of the nations. He said, I'm going to choose you. You will be my people. And through you, I will show everybody else how good I am so they will want to come to me too. And God chose the Jews because he wanted to send the Savior of the whole world through the Jews, and that ends up being Jesus the Messiah. Now, the other word we're going to talk about today is the Gentiles. That's basically everyone else. So you got the Jews, 
and they're God's special possession. Then you got the Gentiles who are, you know, the half white, quarter black, quarter Puerto Ricans, and, you know, the white people and the black people and the Mexicans. And those are everybody else, right? So the Jews and the Gentiles. And like I said, God's plan the whole time was to send Jesus to be the Savior of the whole world. And that's actually what ends up happening in the New Testament. In the book of Acts, we learn that after Jesus' resurrection, he comes back to life, and he has this great plan for the Jewish believers who he first appears to. He says, you are going to be my witnesses. You're going to be my witnesses to the Jews and the Samaritans and to the rest of the world. And the Jews go, yeah, to the Jews. And Jesus is like, yeah, and to the Samaritans and to the rest of the world. But the Jews, they had been separate for so long that God has to take them on a journey to learn that, no, 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 the gospel isn't just for the Jews. Actually, I'm accepting everyone, and so you should too. But at the same time that he takes the Jews on that journey, he takes us on it too. Because I don't know if you've noticed, but it seems like every people group is kind of like the Jews. We all kind of keep ourselves separate, and you know, we maybe even think that we're the best, and we don't really like their culture, and so we're not going to interact with them. Or We don't speak the same language. That's why, right? But God is going to teach the Jews and teach us, no, no, no. Forget all that stuff. Forget your race. Uh, not, not forget your race, but under the gospel, all of that comes second. Your race is important. Yeah, God loves it. Oh, God loves the language that you speak and the food that you eat. But when it comes to the gospel, we put all of that under that so that no, 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 my skin color is not going to divide me from you because God has accepted you, and I will too. We're going to learn how God takes these Jewish believers through this process, and the way he does it is this really interesting thing. He gives them an experience that shows them that they are fully accepted by him. So he says, Jews, look, check this out. I'm giving this awesome experience, this experience of my Holy Spirit, and you are now realizing, wow, this is the thing that we've been waiting for. This is God accepting us into his family. But then, in front of the Jewish believer's eyes, he gives the same exact experience to the Gentiles. He says to the Jews, yeah, this experience, this shows you that you're accepted by me. But it also shows you that they're accepted by me. And so what are you going to do about that? If I'm accepting them, what are you going to do? So first, let's check out the experience that God gives to these Jewish believers. This is going to be in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. So that should be on your screens. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And here's the experience. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So we see they're all together in one place. And the Holy Spirit comes, and they begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enables them. And this is the thing that the Jews have been waiting for. Peter says after this, he's like, yeah, this is what God promised in the Old Testament. And so here we are. And while this is happening, a bunch of other Jewish people gather around. And they're like, what's happening here? And so Peter explains to them, and he preaches the gospel to them. And 3,000 of these Jewish people, they all get saved. That is so awesome. Praise God. It's the first Christian sermon, but it's only Jews so far. And so we're about to see what God is trying to show Peter, which is that the gospel is for everyone because God accepts everyone. Yes, it is first for the Jews, but check this out. It's for everyone too. 
So you can take those verses down. A little while later, Peter is traveling to this place called Joppa. It's a different city. And nearby the town of Joppa, there's this Gentile guy who is a good and godly man. You know, he's a praying man. He, is, uh, he gives money to the poor, right? And God sends this Gentile guy a vision. He says, go to get Peter, a Jew, go and get him from Joppa and bring him back here. But uh, Peter's not going to be able to handle this, okay? Peter is a Jew. Cornelius, this guy, is a Gentile. Jews do not go into Gentiles' houses. That's like a big no-no. So God has to help Peter realize, no, 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 this is going to be okay. And the way he does it is through an analogy between unclean food and who Peter would have considered unclean people. And this is what happens. It's actually a really cool story. If you want to check out more of it, you can go to Acts chapter 10. But, so in Acts chapter 10, God gives Peter this vision. Acts chapter 10, verses 10 through 13. It says, Peter, he became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, Peter fell into a trance. He saw heaven open and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals, as well as reptiles and birds. And then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Now, you might know this about the Jews, but the Jews have a very specific diet, and they do not eat other things outside of that diet. So Peter is not trying to eat reptiles and birds, all right? He's not trying to eat bacon like I do. He is just trying to eat the foods that are approved for the Jews. But this is his response in Acts 10, 14 through 16. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything unclean or impure. And the voice spoke to him a second time. This is the key. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This is God talking to Peter about unclean food. But remember, this Gentile guy who Peter would have considered unclean, he's coming to Peter, and so God is making an analogy here. Just like you're not supposed to call food unclean that God has made clean, so these people who you consider unclean, they're not unclean either. Because God is making them clean. That's the big interpretive key there. Why do we do all this stuff where I'm trying to have different people from different racial groups and different people of different uh, cultural backgrounds and languages? Why is that? Because God has made them pure. Or as we've been saying it today, anything that I've accepted, you can accept too. And God accepts everyone. And so we should too. This is what happens next. These Gentile guys come and get Peter, and they take them back to Cornelius' house. And Peter goes inside, and this is what happens in Acts chapter 10, verses 27 through 29. Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, You are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. Peter explains this new understanding to them. Nobody, no other humans are called impure or unclean. God accepts everyone. This is what Peter says next. Acts 10, 34 through 35. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation. What is the requirement again? He accepts from every nation the one who fears him 
and does what is right. It's that we fear God and do what is right, which makes us acceptable in his eyes. And that is the qualification for why we accept each other. Do you believe the gospel? Then you are part of my family. And like I said, God is going to show the Jews that the Gentiles are accepted because God gives the Gentiles the same experience that he gave the Jews before. We're going to check this out in Acts 10, 44 through 46. The Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised, that means the Jewish, the circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit was being poured out even on Gentiles because they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. The exact same thing that God did for those Jewish believers earlier, now God is doing for those Gentiles. Just like God poured out the Holy Spirit on the Jews and they spoke in tongues and they were filled with the Spirit, now God does it to the Gentiles. And these Jewish believers, as you see in the text, they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know this could happen to Gentiles. And that's God's whole point. Oh yeah, it happens to everybody because I accept everybody and so should you. After this happens in Christian, early Christian history, the Jews and the Gentiles become more and more one. Before, these groups were totally separated. I mean, like Peter said, we don't even go into their house, right? But now they become more and more one so that they have the closest, one of the closest familial relationships you can have. They are now calling each other brothers and sisters. Oh, if you are not the same race as me, how can you be my brother? We didn't have the same mom. We didn't have the same dad, right? And that's how we think before we come into the gospel. But when we realize, no, 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 God, the Father, God accepts everyone, and so will I. You become my brothers and sisters, and that's what happens into the, in the gospel. And now, like I said before, we're going to learn the same lesson that God taught the Jews. Just like he taught them that God accepts everyone, and so should we, God is going to teach us the same thing. Now, I just want to say really quick, before I get into the application part, that this is not a rebuke sermon to you. It's not like I'm saying, you know, you are racist and you, you got to, like, do better job. Because you saw on the screen, one of our church's core values is diversity. This is something we're already interested in. This is something we already do. And so I, I know that, you know, probably all of you are like, yeah, we agree. We, we amen this, right? But it's not that, so it's not that it's a rebuke, but it's a reminder, a call to go deeper. Saying, yeah, we believe this. Now let's get after it, right? Just like the rest of our sermons have been. Okay, so let's give some advice about how we can accept, God, accept people like God accepts everyone. I'm going to give you two things to do for uh, two different areas of life. One area of life is your individual life. How do you do this uh, personally, you know, out in the real world? And the second area of life is our church life. How do we as a church achieve this? Now, the first thing I'm going to give you to do is a litmus test. It's like a, a test to see how well you're doing so far. How well are we doing when it comes to accepting people who are different than us because God accepts them? Now, first for the individual. I can tell how well I'm doing at this if my friend group looks like all the people around me. Now, if my friend group just looks like me, then maybe I am just only intentionally going after people that I'm comfortable with, that I'm used to. I mean, there are not that many other half-white, quarter-black, quarter-Puerto Ricans in the world. You know, I haven't seen that many, right? And so if you saw me and I was only surrounded by people like that, you'd be like, dude, is this guy like 
intentionally doing this? Like, is he trying to only go after these people? You'd be like, man, you need to branch out a little more. I mean, don't you go to work where there's like people of different races and ethnicities and languages? Don't you go to, don't you live, you know, don't you play basketball with people of all these different ages and all these things? Why don't you branch out a little more? And so that's sort of the litmus test for you personally. Does your friend group reflect the surrounding culture or does it reflect your personal culture? If it reflects only your personal culture, then that may be an indication, okay, I gotta be intentional about going after people who are different than me. I gotta work hard to make sure that I'm not just staying with people who look or act or sound just like me. And we wanna do the same thing with our church. If we get into a church and into a church setting, we look around and it's like looking in a mirror, then maybe it should be, ah, maybe there's a change we need to make there. Maybe there's something we need to do to uh, intentionally go after people who are different than us. As I look out into this crowd, there's all kinds of colors in this crowd, man. We got, we got all kinds of skin colors, all kinds of hair colors, all right? So like I said before, we are doing this well, but this is just a call. Go even deeper. Who would you invite to church? Typically, I feel more comfortable inviting people who I relate to to church. All right, that's good. But how about you think about inviting maybe people who you don't relate to? And that gets me into the second aspect of the application. What do we actually do to make sure that we are being intentional about accepting those who God accepts even though they're different than us? Well, the way that we do that is we do with people we're not comfortable with the same things we do with people we are comfortable with. The way that you accept people into your life, I'll repeat myself, is you do with people you're not comfortable with the same thing you do with people you are comfortable with. So me personally, on the individual level, I'm comfortable having similar people as me over to my house. I'm comfortable going out to dinner with them. I'm comfortable building long-term relationships with them. But that's just with people who are similar to me. I want to become comfortable, and even if I'm not comfortable, I want to be intentional about inviting people to my house who are different than me. Oh, but we don't speak the same language. It's going to be awkward. Well, that's okay. I'd rather it be awkward and be together than be not awkward and be separate. Oh, well, uh, they don't have the same skin color as me, and I don't know. I just don't get along with people who are like that. Okay, well, I'd rather be together and have some tension than not be together and have no tension. And on a church level, too, we got to be like this, too. And I know this gets kind of weird because it's like, well, what if we have a different language? Or, or what if we like different food? But, you know, it's better to be together and be different than to be separate and be the same. Because God accepts everyone, and so should we. Uh, we just want to follow God's example, right? If he is going after every single type of person, then I want to go after every single type of person, too. And the benefits of doing that are just marvelous. So I might be different than you, but you have something that I need. I'm thinking about, so Mexican people are different than me, but they have something that I need because no one worships with sincerity of heart like my Mexican Christian friends. I need that kind of sincerity in worship. Uh, and I know that, okay, white people, they're a little bit different than me, but guess what? No one has done more for theological academia than my white Christian brothers and sisters have done. And so I need them for that. And the same with everything else. Indian Christian brothers and sisters have beautiful, rich Christianity. My black Christian brothers and sisters, they have a faith that can be, not be shaken. And so I want 
all of you to be with me because even though I might be uncomfortable, you have something I need. And that's the beauty of the gospel. God accepts everyone and so should we. And when we do that, we are blessed. So I've been talking a little bit about race and ethnicity and language and stuff like that. In the text we're in and kind of in our lives, that's sort of the main thing. But I just want to emphasize all differences that don't relate to the gospel, these are all things that we want to be able to overcome. So age. You know, you might be older than me, you might be younger than me, but guess what? You older folks have wisdom I need. And guess what? You younger folks, you have zeal and passion for the Lord that I need. We might have a different language, but I'd rather stumble through using Google Translate because you have something I need. And I want to give you an example of actually a way that I failed at this recently. On the same week I was preparing the diversity sermon. Oh my gosh, that's so foolish. Come on. Okay, so as you can see, if you've been to church recently, I got this very nice haircut. She did an excellent job, right? So this woman was a Vietnamese woman, and she had an accent that I was having a hard time understanding. But she was trying to talk to me, you know, and normally I talk back, but I was having a hard time understanding her accent, and I was kind of tired, so... Instead of working hard to connect with her and build a relationship with her, I just kind of shut the conversation down. I was like hearing her, but I, I couldn't really understand. And so instead of saying, oh, what'd you say? I just gave a brief, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, you know that thing you do when you, can't, when you can't understand what someone's saying? You're like, oh, okay. Ah. It's like, what? <laughs> they didn't say anything that you're supposed to smile to. But anyways, I just kind of did that. And after, afterwards, I was reflecting. I was like, God, how can I relate to this sermon? How can this sermon change me? And he was like, you were rude to the Vietnamese woman. I was like, oh, man. So that's an example of doing the wrong thing. We want to work through those kinds of differences, and we want to make sure that we're intentional about going after people who are different than us. That's what our church is about. I love that. And that's what we're going to do. So I'm just going to recap some things that we talked about today. First of all, what God showed the Jews is that he gives them the same exact experience with him that he gives the Gentiles. And for that reason, they need to know that God accepts the Gentiles, and so the Jews should accept the Gentiles too. But that relates to us because God gives you the same exact faith that he gives me. He gives you the same exact Holy Spirit that he gives me. And so if he's okay with you, then I better be okay with you too. If he accepts you, then I better accept you too. The two application points are our litmus tests. How do you know if you're putting this into practice? Well, do your friends, your, uh, does your close group look like the surrounding culture, or does it look just like you? If it looks just like you, then get after it. Get, get some other people who are different than you. And the same thing with our church. If our church all just looks the same, then maybe we need to be intentional about reaching out to the surrounding culture. And finally, just understanding that everybody is welcome when they believe in the gospel. Everyone is welcome, no matter what color they are, no matter how they sound, what age they are, no matter what, everybody is welcome. So God accepts everyone, and so should we. I would like to invite the praise team up to come worship with us. As they're coming up, I'd like to just invite you to think of maybe some people who are in your life who you typically wouldn't want to interact with, and just think, how can I be intentional about reaching out to them like how God reaches out to them? Maybe you're a girl and, you know, there's weird boys who you're, you know, nervous to reach out to. Maybe just think, how can I interact with them so that they have, you know, um, so that they know the love of God too?
God accepts everyone, and so should we.